and welcome to the Negative Pauses Podcast, episode number 306. I'm your host, Mike Gutterman, coming to you from the Gutterman Cave here in Louisville, Kentucky. And it is the Monday Night Show with, uh, you know, everyone's favorite co-captains on here. Let's go ahead and introduce them. As always, uh, all the way out in La La Land, Los Angeles, California, the City of Angels, Mr. Andre Dominguez. How are you doing tonight, Andre? Doing well. Uh, not 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 feeling great cooped up like this, but, uh, you know, get, getting by Awesome. And next up, uh, Mrs. Mrs. Roxanna Angles, all the way out in Albuquerque, California. (laughs) uh, I mean, Desert desert Palm, California. Or or Palm Springs, California, right? (laughs) All the way out in Palm Springs (laughs) slash Palm Desert, California. I don't know. I said Desert Palms, didn't I? (laughs) Desert Palms, Albuquerque, (laughs) San Antonio. I am the most elusive co-host of them all. (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing okay. We are hunkered down and, uh, you know, I'm I'm excited to talk to all y'all tonight because, you know, it's good to talk to people. (laughs) Yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of nice to talk to some people other than my family. So, uh, you know, and uh, get a little, <laughs> everybody needs a little break from their loved ones every once in a while, right? So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, all right. And uh, so our guest tonight uh, is none other than Angela Solis. And uh, Angela, you're in Canada. Whereabouts in Canada are you at? Um, I am from Toronto in okay. Ontario, Canada. Awesome. And how are you doing tonight? Uh, I'm great so far. I guess I mentioned earlier pre-recording. It's week three of working from home. Um, mm-hmm. With interestingly, with my husband, so we have a separate desk. <laughs> um, totally different industry that we're working on, and this is the closest thing we'll be working together. Other than other than that, we've been great. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, this is your first time on the Negative Positives Podcast. So, how about you tell the fine folks a little bit of, a little bit about yourself and how you got into this photography madness that we all we all got ourselves into yes so um uh, my name is angela solis um i am 33 years old and i'm again i'm from toronto canada um i am an hr professional at a large sport and recreation center um, in the greater toronto area so where i work um there's a lot of um, athletes that are training uh, within our facilities and that's really exciting um in terms of photography i actually started um, maybe around 2005, 2006, mm-hmm. um, as a hobby. Um, however, I was taking photographs um, way before that, um, but mostly as a form of documenting my family life. And the reason for that is my dad was an expat for almost two decades. So when I was growing up, um, he's pretty much away from home, like 11 out of 12 months of the calendar year. Oh, wow. So um, that's the reason why we have way too many photo albums. My mom has been very diligent with that. So she takes photos and, I mean, 80s, early 90s, there's no internet yet. So my mom's mm-hmm. been sending photos of me growing up and all that and then keeping the rest in albums so that when my dad comes in, there's like something to um, kind of like see how the families, you know, growing up and all that. And then it kind of, because of that, because I've been seeing my mom, you know, taking pictures and everything, I kind of learned how to operate the two family cameras. And it's nothing like technical, it's just like a point and shoot and a Polaroid. Mm-hmm. And 
the importance of documenting family life really resonated to me um, until my early teens. So when I was in school, I was like taking photographs of my friends and all that because I was like, I don't know if I'm going to see them when I, you know, go post-secondary and everything. And then that kind of intensified because my family moved to Canada shortly after I graduated in high school. So I was born in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. Um, and then because I, that time, obviously, Internet's there. So I wanted to share pictures to like family and friends that we left behind. So I kind of started blogging and then took photos again as documenting and stuff. But kind of from there, I started to discover that, oh, photography is not just for, you know, taking pictures of family and friends. I kind of learned like, you know, looking at photography as a hobby that it can be a form of art i guess if you want to put it that way um when i went to university i tried joining a photography club um and the funny thing is that kind of didn't work out the first time because someone didn't let me join the photography club because (laughs) i did because i didn't have a camera with me so the guy said like oh you don't have an slr you can't join so Wow, it's a very very exclusive club there. Like <laughs> it was, it was. I was like so bummed because I only had um like a small digital camera that a family friend has given me. So that's that what I was been using, you know, kind of like to take pictures for myself. I'm like, oh, like this camera is crap because no one's letting me in a photo club. <laughs> um, I know, right? It was like, terrible. I, I felt bad. Because I was like signing up in the registration desk and say, hey, I want to join. Um, I don't have a camera with me. Can I join anyway? And then the guy was like, no. Man, this <laughs> so is a I very, walk away. Very, very militant photo club we got it, going on here. It so. was sad. <laughs> um, it was sad. I ended up saving up money for a camera because I'm like, I'm going to show that guy eventually. <laughs> and then it was, I started working for a part-time job. I eventually got um, like a, a DSLR, like a Nikon D40 and took a lot of photos and again m- met new friends because that time I was still a newcomer in Canada. So I met new people, took a lot of photos still. Um, and then again, I tried signing up for the photo club, but I was close to graduating that time. And finally, I got it. <laughs> the guy's not. <laughs> the guy's not there anymore. Okay, um, I was gonna say maybe maybe they thought you finally earned your stripes. Yes, right? actually, when I told the the members, they were like, "Who was that guy?" Because no one recognized who he was except for like one person. Like, oh, I remember him. Uh, he was probably he was probably faking it. Like, I, I, it remind, <laughs> reminds me, I, I used to work uh, uh, the door at a bar around had to check IDs uh, and like a lot of times uh, when I would walk away from the door to like pick up glasses and stuff off some of the tables uh, somebody some rando customer would start acting like he was check would, would ask for people's IDs like he was the doorman and it always used to tick me off so much like quit posing as me man like this is my job you know and like so that's that, that's that guy he was probably wasn't even part of the photo club he was probably just faking it you know I, so. I have a feeling that might be the case too, except there, there was like just one person who remembered like oh yeah I think I remember him oh he was kind of like rude to like some of the members I'm like oh thank goodness he's not here anymore anyway <laughs> anyway but even with my last year like I took the opportunity to kind of like learn everything you know like the basics and that's how I learned how to um, use my camera properly Um, I ended up getting an SLR film camera and learned how to develop my own film and then start printing as well I got really hooked on that one and then 
during this time, like I have a friend um, who ended up working for Lomography for a bit, and I'm like, what the heck is Lomography? And then oh, wow. he started telling me about it, and then I'm like, oh my goodness! And then it kind of like opened like a Pandora's box of like film photography, mm-hmm. like and I'm like, oh, I can actually experiment, you know, do things that is a little bit different from what I learned in the darkroom, right? Because it's a little mm-hmm. bit more traditional and then when eventually when I ended up graduating working full-time um, because I have money I ended up buying more cameras uh, <laughs> which is great and then um, because I've been taking a lot of pictures that time and and it kind of like step out from like the usual family photos it's more of like photos that really want to take pictures of um, other than my family um, I also thought about like what can I do with my photography and like any other safe person will do I ended up having um, a show um, in 2011 and 2012 um, oh, wow. and that's all full film so I shot in the medium format so that was kind of fun mm-hmm. um, difficult but fun and then um, that time too because I don't really have a lot of people that I get to speak of in terms of like film photography I ended up opening like a very tiny YouTube channel it's still active but I don't really post that much um, just kind of like have people I get to speak with and in 2013 I started um, traveling as well so in between um, my job because the issue was vacation days I started traveling they started in the U.S. and then eventually started traveling overseas, and I kind of integrated film photography into that. So when I, uh, so now whenever I'm traveling, um, I'm pretty much shooting maybe around eighty-five percent film, um, and I guess just that's where I am at right now. Awesome, awesome. I have a couple questions that pops up there. First of all, yes. uh, I moved from Philippines to Canada. My dad was stationed in the Philippines in the military. Oh. And uh, I've seen like a lot of photos that he took when he was over there. And uh, from one of the, the pictures I've seen, uh, that had to be quite of a culture shock there, right? Philippines to Canada? That seems like a pretty... Pretty uh, pretty big uh, change there, right? Yes. First of all, like the weather is one of the big factors. Like, right. In the Philippines, you have like too much rain and then too much sun. Mm-hmm. So that's like extreme. Uh, and then flooding, I guess, in between that. And mm-hmm. then when I moved to Canada, uh, we arrived October, actually. Um, and then when we got out of the airport, it was snowing. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't have a jacket with me just yet. So can you imagine, like, like <laughs> growing up in a tropical country for, like, maybe 17 years, and then there's, like, snow outside. And Had you ever seen snow before? No, not until like I moved to Canada. Wow. And uh, the city that we move in is actually one of the coldest cities in Canada. It's called Winnipeg. So mm-hmm. we, we call it Winterpeg. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it could get to like minus 40 Celsius. So that's oh, like, oh. I guess, equally minus 40 Fahrenheit. And you won't like it there, Mike. It's minus too damn cold is what it is. Yes, yes. So it was, it was like, yeah, like physically it was like, oh my God, it's too cold. <laughs> so um, culture-wise, it wasn't that bad because there's a lot of Filipino family immigrants in that city when we moved. So okay. it wasn't entirely bad, but it was more of like a culture shock for me in terms of the education because I was already in university um, in the Philippines. And then when we moved to Canada, um, because that time there wasn't any 
K-12 um, curriculum in the Philippines. So I actually ended up going back to high school. So you imagine okay. like studying post-secondary and then you move back to high school. So I was like a little bit scarred in a way. But I'm like, you know, I, that that's going to entail me to go to post-secondary. I'll just like, you know, deal with it. <laughs> right, so. right. So I guess you could at least, I guess you aced your classes though, right? You're probably way ahead of the curve when you got, got going backwards. Yeah, like <laughs> I guess what you can put it that way, I guess. <laughs> also, uh, you had a little mention of, uh, of Lomography. Yes. And it's, I hear that a lot. And I feel like uh, that was one of the things when I first got into film photography, uh, one of my friends was telling me about this whole Lomo movement. Have you heard about yes. this Lomo craze, Mike? I'm like, Lomo, what the hell is this? And I looked into yes. it, I was like, I was like, oh, what is this photography? This is exactly what I want to do. And I feel like Lomography is really, it has, deserves a lot of credit for getting a lot of people into film or excited about film because of the, you know, the the look that it had at the time. It was just all the rage, you know, and I think a lot, it really did help a lot of people kind of uh, take an interest in, interest in film. So, yeah. Yes, and I, I think, and it's not just necessarily just like the style of it, because especially mm -hmm. if you've been shooting, you, if you only know how to shoot, um, photography in just one way and then lomography is just like no you can just go crazy with it um, but I think they've just been very welcoming with um, people in general so I know lomography usually gets a bad rap uh, about um, certain things but I think what I could really give them credit for is just the community there like everyone's just being very supportive and helpful and then if you ask questions like, um, people can actually like give you tips and stuff and actually encourage you to experiment which is something that i really liked absolutely absolutely and this uh you said you did a uh, you said you put on a, a photo show where, 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 tell us about that where, where, what kind of kind of venue was that <laughs> yeah. so yes so it was actually by chance so um i met um a lady who um kind of worked as a part-time at a, a small studio in winnipeg um mm -hmm. called the edge and so I was like looking at, and then also I was like looking for some ways to showcase my work and kind of like do something, um, you know, utilize the stuff that I've been doing. And I ended up actually working on a project um, about first and second generation Filipino Canadian. So a lot of like oh. younger um, immigrants such as myself and then those that, um, they have parents who moved to um, Canada, specifically in the city of Winnipeg, um, and they were born there. So they, so they are like, I guess, first generations, if you want, or the second generation. I was not entirely sure what the term is. So I ended up like um, working on a set of portraits. Uh, I kind of have like, hey, like I kind of use my network and say I'm working on this project. Are you willing to like sit down and talk to me? Um, and then have your photos taken. So that's what I ended up um, doing. So the show was called Muka, which is a Filipino word for face. So because mm -hmm. I was doing like portraits and so each, I think I may have like maybe around 15 or 20 portraits done. Uh, and then together with their photos, we kind of have like their stories um, told um, and the exhibit as well so I had that in 2011 so I shot with I don't have this camera anymore but I shot with a Mamiya 645J and then I had everything developed um, by myself and then I printed everything and then I 
kind of made it um, a little bit interesting in how I mounted the photo. So I ended up using foam core for that. So I, mm-hmm. um, I used um, Ilford paper and then I mounted them in foam core. And then I stuck the foam core in um, painted bamboo sticks. Oh, and, wow. then we mount, and then we mounted the bamboo sticks on um, the gallery wall. So I had that. Uh, what's also very interesting is that since there's a lot of like Filipino kids um, in the city, so there are a couple of schools that um, they have a lot of students that are Filipino by ethnicity, and then the middle school kids like went to that exhibit, kind of like I talked to them and all that, um, listened to their experience and all. So that was kind of fun. <laughs> Wow, that sounds like a major, major project. How, how, how much time did you spend on this? This sounds like a... Oh, uh, way too much time. Bomb. Way too much money. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I spent a lot of time more on the printing side of it just because um, printing is not really my best suit, I guess, if you want to put it that way. But I was just stubborn to like have everything done on film. So I was like spending a lot of time on like after school and then on weekends, if I'm not working, I was just in the dark room in the university photo club. So I was just printing like the whole day and everything. So that was kind of that was kind of fun. So I think I had the show lasted for normally like a lot of shows are within a week. Um, but because um, I was uh, I, it, the exhibit. It was within an area where there's a lot of like Filipinos. I think we ended up extending it for like two and a half weeks or something. And that was oh, in wow. 2011, so it was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool though. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Very exciting. Did so? Did you get any feedback? Was it was the was the was the was the like the photos were they were they able to be sold? Was it was you did you sell any pieces or was it just an exhibit for people to see? It was just an exhibit for people to see. Like uh-huh. um, I actually have difficulty like trying to sell my work. I'm not really good at marketing myself. <laughs> um, but but for me it was more of like because I was at that point where uh, do I still I it's just some some sort of like identity. Thing that I was going on too so it was more it was partially a personal project for me and then it was also partially like a community thing sure. that I kind of want to give up give um give away I guess so yes yeah, yeah. Of, very cool well I've, I've been uh I've been doing art shows for 14 years and I still don't know how to sell my photography so uh so it's you're doing hard. <laughs> it's it hard it's hard it is it's not uh, it's not it's not I mean I, I actually get jealous of like people who are like so it was so easy it's so easy for them to like talk to other people and then even like you know posting their work on social media and everything I'm like where do you guys get that <laughs> you need to teach me how to do it <laughs> Uh, well, I'd like to say uh, I, I, maybe it's confidence, or maybe it's just uh, uh, ignorance, of maybe of their of their talent. But uh, so I don't know. It's uh, it is uh, it's interesting. I, I um, a lot of times when I go into art shows or whatever, I still to this day I get nervous as hell about it. Like uh, mm-hmm. you know, I still after doing it all these years, I'm still kind of. I don't think you ever really get confident at it. I just don't no. think you ever. It's, it's never a comfortable situation when, the, the, when you when people come in to see it or, or 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 when it's hanging on a wall and there's people walking by looking at it and you're like you're listening to their comments and which is always funny. But, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> so yeah. All right. Well, I think we've uh, got a, a learned a little bit there about Angela, and we'll have a whole lot more with her as far as um, finding out more about her and her photography in the second segment when we have some Facebook questions from the Facebook group tour. Uh, but this is the first segment, so we like to talk about what we've been up to lately. And we usually start with Mr. Andre Dominguez. So, Andre, what have you been up to, brother? 
So uh, I actually did a little bit of photography this past weekend. Mm-hmm. It was actually the first time that I have shot photos since being in this whole, you know, working from home, self-isolation uh, bubble. <laughs> uh, got together uh, a few members of the Sinistil crew as well as one friend and uh, went out to do a little bit of a social distancing compliant photo walk around our neighborhood of North Hollywood, and I decided to use that opportunity to test out the Hasselblad 500CM that I am kind of now long-term borrowing from my friend uh, Jason Madsen, who's the guy who did the who does the uh, tintype stuff at the Melrose Trading Post here in LA. Okay, yeah. So because I borrowed it before, you know, all of this went down and LA got got locked down. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of getting to to spend a lot more time with it than I had originally bargained for. And we just went around <laughs> uh, shooting some, you know, portraits of each other uh, with relatively long lenses. I was shooting some with a 150 millimeter lens on it, uh, as well as, you know, uh, signs on businesses being like, you know, still open, you know, drop off only or things like that, which is kind of cliche, but... More so than anything, I was just trying to uh, create some content for uh, following episodes of the Cinestill Dev Days live streams that we've started doing. We did the first one on Friday, uh, and it was just me and my colleague Dan on Instagram Live uh, developing some film. Um, Part instructional, uh, not necessarily like, okay, start to finish, here is everything that you're going to have to do, but just sort of walking through the the process showing people who who may be stuck at home and don't have access to their favorite labs uh, anymore if they're you know local and not sending it out to somewhere that does mail in just to show you know how easy it can be and, and try to drive some sales to the the Cinestill online store uh, so yeah that's pretty much what I've been up to uh, this weekend other than you know staying home. Uh, Watching Netflix, um, my girlfriend cut my hair, and it actually didn't turn out terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I was about your age, Andre, um, uh, I let my girlfriend, now my wife, cut my hair once, and she, uh, <clears throat> she, <clears throat> we had the, you know, the, the hair clippers, you know, the, the, you know, the, bzz, the clipper things, you know, and, <laughs> and she was, uh, <laughs> she was, uh, you know, doing clipping the sides and back real close, you know, like I like, and uh, <laughs> or at least at the time I did, and <laughs> the. Uh, she, at one point, she's like, you know, I don't really think we need these guards. I think I can just do it without these guards. Oh. I was like, uh, I don't think that's a good idea. And she's like, oh, no, I got this. And then <clears throat> it looked fine in certain light, but in other light, it looked like I had the mange because there was, like, chunks <laughs> out there. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there's still photos floating around somewhere. Uh, uh, right around the time she graduated, like, nursing school or something, there was photos of me where, like, somebody kind of blew up the fl- side of my head with, like, 90s flash, and you could see <laughs> all the little spots of ancient on my side of my head. So, yeah, not a... No, not I a- will say, I don't I don't think I, you know, saying that it came out all right isn't giving her enough credit. She actually did a, a pretty great job. She, she'd been cutting her own hair for, for years and years, and, and so I was like, well, I mean, do you want to watch a YouTube video or something? <laughs> We got hair all over the tub, and then we're trying to vacuum it up. (laughs) Yeah, I will say uh, to my wife's credit, she she's since we've had kids, she's become quite a good hair cutter, and uh, she's much better (laughs) at it now than maybe that first try back in the nineties. So, uh, but all right, well, uh, let's move on to uh, Roxana. What have you been up to, Roxana? 
Oh, well, you know, um, yeah, how it, it's crazy because as soon as we got sent home from work, I had to really take a second off of photography, which I hate because I had to like basically make my office mobile and take it home and figure out what the heck I was going to do with my kids and stuff. And I decided to develop a series of YouTube videos for them. So <laughs> that's <Yeah>. their forum. <laughs> but nice. um, yeah. And then finally, yesterday, I started back with photography. So I was so excited. It, it was like a nonstop fun filled day of like developing in the dark room and then deciding that I'm not shooting enough black and white. So I'm going to totally make a crazy switch. That was crazy for me to switch to black and white, you know, <laughs> but I'm doing it because of my dark room. Right, right. <laughs> so like from the beginning of yesterday to this morning, I've been either shooting, developing or dark rooming. And it's been so good. It's awesome. like, that's my therapy through all this crazy. I don't think anybody has seen me. I've been hiding in here. <laughs> <laughs> so where have you been Where have you been doing photography? I know like, you know, it's kind of a challenge because you don't want to be around people and all that stuff. What's What's been the kind of things you've been shooting during this time? My kids. I mean, yeah. you know, they're, they've been my, my victims. I bribed my daughter. So, you know. She always, she always does it. She's okay taking pictures as long as I like let her use like $10 out of PayPal for her Roblox or whatever. Thing <laughs> right. <that> she does. <laughs> so I bribed her. Hudson, he doesn't care. <laughs> right. And Dylan is next. So my oldest daughter, she's next on the line. That'll be tomorrow. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you have to pay her as well? or? Is she... <laughs> um, actually, she's a lot easier. It's okay. funny because the middle one, she's my seventh grader and she's like, ugh. Are you gonna post them? Don't post them. I don't right. want. You know? <laughs> right. I'm like, well, if they're really good, I want to. But if you don't want me to, that's fine, I guess. So I don't post half of the stuff I do of her because you know she really doesn't like that so much. Okay. Okay. Yeah. My you know? my seventh grader is somewhat the same. Actually, actually, both my sons, my my, my junior and high school son is also neither one of them really cares to have their picture taken. And uh, of course, uh, I, I sometimes have to sneak one. I actually did a uh, took some photos of them uh, playing basketball outside here. Uh, uh, gosh, I guess it was yesterday or the day before. And that was about the only way I could get some photos of them is just uh, they're playing basketball. They won't pay no attention to me with the camera. So, uh, but yeah. probably, probably none of them will show it. Will show, it'll probably all be blurry because <laughs> I was using like a 100 speed film and it was getting to be like dusk. So <laughs> I don't know what, what is it, action shots of basketball with a slow speed film and kind of losing light. Uh, we'll see how that comes out. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you know what? That's the thing is when you're inside the house, I've been really having to, I've been pushing my 400 film to 3200 uh -huh. because, you know, I, it's just, I'm working with such low light half the time. Yep. And, um, and I, I did that with the HP or um, HP five, the Ilford, which I don't know that much. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people rave about it and I've only shot just such a tiny bit of it, but I pushed it to 3,200 yesterday and I love it. I feel like I was developing forever. 
-hmm. like my development time was like 40 minutes. <laughs> wow. wow. But it was. Yeah, when you, when you push it, those times really get, really get pushed up there too. So yeah. God, yeah. I was developing for years. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> mm -hmm. So, so yeah, that's how I've been, um, spending the last two days other than work stuff. So it was a relief to get that, get back in. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Uh, Angela, what have you been up to? Guys, the cabin fever is just so hard <laughs> right <laughs> now. Um, because um, with my work, uh, I'm able to work from home, which is great. Because um, we've, we've been monitoring this whole thing since mid-January. So it was more of like, it's just a matter of time before someone gets to work from home. And I guess three weeks after, here we are. Um, mm -hmm. But I'm still documenting. I'm taking photographs. Um, it was also my husband's birthday over the weekend. So oh, normally... Yes, he, he already went to bed because I'm like, you can't listen to the recording. <laughs> um, so it, normally we would go out and celebrate, but this time is not the time. So I ended up yeah. just making a, a nice dinner for him on the weekend. Um, once in a while, like during my work day, I've been like just taking photos of whatever, like my plant or like I'm um, like my condo unit is facing um, one of the um, bigger highways here in in Toronto. So like I just like watch the cars and take pictures, and uh, mm -hmm. I guess hopefully no neighbors are like looking weirdly at me or anything like that. Um, but just to kind of like fix that whole cabin fever thing, I was like thinking maybe I'll go back to some of the projects that I've been wanting to, you know, get a head start and. So far, I've finished one of them. Um, my husband's helping me with like just the editing of the text, but I have some. Um, I, I have a work that I've been trying to um, finish since 2018. Um, so it's like a set of photographs that I took um, when my father got ill. So um, the project is called Flights, um, just because there's way too many flights that I had to take within the span of 2018 and 2019, just like flying mm. back and forth and all that. So um, I had, I've been sitting on it just because I wasn't sure how am I gonna approach the project. Um, but over the weekend, I was suddenly I was in the right headspace to um, write something about it. So um, I was able to get that done. So hopefully, I'll, it will be out soon. And then the next in line is hopefully I can start writing um, three of my travelogues and again starting back in 2018 because <laughs> i've been really bad at like updating my website so hopefully i can get <laughs> that done in the next few weeks but um and then in um if i'm like i don't want to look at the computer or anything like that i've been flipping through a couple of um um a few photo books that um i haven't had the chance to look at even though i've had it for a while um the one that i've been looking forward to, i was like sitting and then like looking at a couple of pages and then put it down and then come back and go over it again so it's a photo book called tibet um and it was shot by a japanese photographer named arimoto shinya so mm -hmm. it was a set of like medium format portraits that he took um, when he was in Tibet and several I think he went there several times so it was taken during the 90s okay really amazing portrait work so I guess it's a good way for me to kind of like you know get back in the groove and 
all that stuff. And then I have a small um, zine that I got from another Japanese photographer, and she's active on Twitter. Her name is um, Chikako Watanuki, and she had a photo book or a zine called um, uh, My French. I'm just learning French. I think it's called La Floraison. Um, so she she's really popular with the Twitter film group. Um, with like these really ethereal um, macro shots of um, flora and it was really nice so oh, I wow. was able it's like a really limited edition like um, zine because everyone was like when are you gonna have when are you gonna start selling prints and all that and when she finally had a zine um, like I'm like I'm gonna get one like <laughs> get away from me and then I was one of the lucky ones that got it so I've been going back and forth um, with her zine as well just again to kind of get some inspiration and some some calmness in this chaotic thing that we're having at the moment so <laughs> sure sure I mean this is kind of a good time to kind of you know, if you if you can't always get out and shoot photography, which we're all kind of limited on a little bit right now, just uh, kind of diving into some projects uh, that you've kind of put you know, yes. kind of put to the wayside, and also looking for other ways to get inspiration. And photo books is a definitely a good way good way to do that. So yeah, yeah, good plans, good plans. All right. Well, uh, as far as me, I actually I actually did something. I did something this week. So hi, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, inspiration for you. <laughs> So I actually went out uh, a couple of days ago. It was a real beautiful day. And uh, so I went out with my box cameras to uh, shoot uh, some photos for uh, uh, Neil Piper, a.k.a. Neil Camera, uh, project, <laughs> project Box Camera. And uh, so I got uh, finished up some some rows in, in the box cameras. And, and uh, then last night here in the cave, I developed uh, seven rows of film. So, uh, yeah, I got a lot of scanning in the next day or so to, to get done, but it feels nice to uh, kind of finally have gotten some stuff done. Uh, when I went out with the box cameras, I, I, I was kind of driving past this park that I've, I've overshot, but I only had like about uh, maybe a two-hour window to go shoot. And so I was like, I can't really like go and search for something. Let's just go to something familiar. And and, and uh, since I've never shot this particular park with a box camera, I thought, well, maybe that'll be something new and unique that I can do. Was something I've with a location that I've way overshot. So, uh, so I go there and I was, I was thinking on the way there, I was like, you know, what if the parks are open? I wonder if I'm even supposed to. Oh, sorry <laughs> about that. Right, and I was like, "Wow, it's a little musical interlude, interlude there." Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, I, I was thinking, "I wonder if the parks are open." You know, I, I hadn't really, I hadn't really heard. And so I pull up to the park. There's a lot of people there. And I'm like, "Okay, well, I guess they're, I guess they're open." So I'll just kind of stay away from people and and get what I want to shoot. You know, and uh, and then when I got home, I found out. I asked my wife, I was "Like, yeah, are the parks supposed to be open?" I was like, "No, no, they're supposed to be closed." I'm like, "Huh, that's good to see. Uh, no one, including me, was paying attention to, to that one that day." But uh, uh, yeah, so uh, but it was. It's kind of, I don't know if you got. Me and Andre had a phone conversation about this, and this is a whole other subject entirely. But which maybe we'll we'll dedicate a show to at some point. But but I'm having a problem lately where uh, I'm just uh, I feel a little unmotivated at times. Like I feel like I'm I'm shooting the same things over and over, and I'm realizing that. I'm really going to have to travel a little bit. I'm going to have to do a little more searching. I can't just have this two hour window and go shoot and keep going to the same places every time because it's just, I'm running out of, uh, running out of things to shoot. So I need to, need to get myself in some new situations or, or maybe try some new techniques or something to, uh, kind of, uh, give me a little kick in the butt. Cause I, I like I was, I was enjoying being out shooting just the, uh, kind of the car 
cathartic cathartic <laughs> thing of uh, of you know holding a camera and co- composing something and taking the shot. Uh, that was all great and all, but as I was taking these shots, I knew like, hmm, I'm just not real excited about a lot of the stuff that I'm, I'm taking. Uh, although I was having a good time just being out and, and shooting a, a camera again. But uh, yeah, I just, I feel like I need to push myself to um, kind of get in some new locations. Cause I, I I'm, I'm overshooting the same things and uh, yeah, I need some, I need some new, new uh, experiences there. It's a uh, kind of a, a problem I've been running into. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. Any, any thoughts on that? You guys kind of deal with that a little bit, especially now since we're kind of uh, not getting out as much as we would like. So yeah. Uh, I'm kind of feeling like this is like the time for a challenge. I don't yeah. know. Like whatever yeah. happened to that? Like, <laughs> right. like yeah. a 80s filter challenge. Yeah. Just yeah. saying. That's, that's, that's not a bad idea. We have this ideal folks. Uh, that's it. Let's just go ahead and kind of tease that. We won't start it yet, but I, 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 I was going through this box of old, old uh, camera equipment that I had in like in a shoe box. And you know, you get a lot of crap when you buy cameras and weird stuff and camera bags and stuff. And I've managed to accumulate quite a bit of those really cheesy 1980s uh, type filters like you know the starburst filter and the <laughs> the, the the uh the what the what is it there's one it's like a uh it's like a soft surround filter and all these <laughs> all, all these uh uh pr- prism filters and all this crazy stuff that you know back in the 80s everybody probably, or maybe even the 70s people probably thought oh this is this is this is cutting edge here man but now you look back at those photos and it just seems so cheesy and and so like dated basically and i thought what if we do a little negative positive challenge of a the cheesy filters uh uh um, challenge or whatever so it's something we're we're thinking about we don't know exactly how we're going to uh uh put it on but that's something we're definitely going to do in the near future because i think it'd be really funny to see people (laughs) shoot (laughs) and since we're in this isolation kind of thing right now this might be the perfect time for it because uh hey if uh, if you're stuck shutting uh shooting a bunch of mundane shots around your house you might not throw a a little starburst filter on there and (laughs) or a soft surround (laughs) make a sexy plant out of you baby (laughs) (laughs) i think at this point we just need a little bit of levity in our lives (laughs) Well, yeah, I think it'd be I think it'd be a really fun project. So that's something we uh, we definitely want to uh, uh, kind of explore in in the very near future. So, if, <laughs> folks, if you, all, if you all have any ideas of how the best way to pull this off, or if you if you think it would be a fun idea, hit us up and we'll we'll see about getting the, the cheesy filters challenge going. Uh, so, <laughs> but, sorry if I can't let the cat out of the bag there, but I've been waiting for ages. I'm like I can't wait anymore, people. <laughs> Meanwhile, Mike and I have been you know talking uh, late at night, relatively frequently i say maybe about like once a week now which is mm-hmm. really nice by the way um yes. about like man when is when is roxana gonna drop the challenges on us it's on let's let's figure it out <laughs> right. well, uh, andre you see what happens I, I just cracked the door open a little bit and roxana just kicked it right in so you know, that's we'll right <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's a little bit about our weeks and what we've been up to. And uh, we have some questions to uh, to Angela Solis and uh, from the Negative Positive Film Photography Podcast Facebook group. And we will get to those in the next segment. So let's take a break and uh, we will be right back, folks.
All right, folks, we're back from the break. And in the segment, as always, we have uh, questions from the Negative Positive Film Photography Podcast Facebook group uh, directed to Angela Solis. So let's uh, find out what the Facebook group wants to know. Uh, Andre, what do we have up first? All right. So first we have from uh, Elf of, of <laughs> the Emulsive Secret Santa, uh, one of the other, you know, at, at least in, in my book, OG uh, social media, you know, film photographers that are that are normal, nice people. <laughs> Iceland, <laughs> uh, Iceland. I'm not even gonna p- try to pronounce her name. He just says, "Hi, Angela." <laughs> I think it's Chuahiok. Oh sure. wow, that's, that's that. a, that sounds, sounds way better than what we would have done. So <laughs> I'm not entirely sure because I'm not I'm not entirely sure about that, but I think that might be the closest way to say. <laughs> A lot closer than I would have gotten here today. <laughs> um, but yeah, because she she just says hi, I'll, I'll go ahead and, and read the next one from a uh, former host. Hi, sorry, a former guest of the of the Negative Positives podcast, Mr. Sam Warner, who says hi, Angela. Between you and your husband, how many cameras do you own? Which are the favorites? And do you ever want to shoot the same camera at the same time? Oh yeah, oh. And I'm still waiting on <laughs> OMG clusters. Uh, okay. Uh, I did tell my husband because um, Sam was um, my husband's secret set. Was it the other way around? So my husband picked Sam in 2018 Secret Santa. So my husband sent him OMGs and I heard he was raving about it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I told my husband, when are you going to send him the candies? And it's like 2020 now. So I'll, I'll bug him again and I'll tell him to send it to you. But um, how many? Um <laughs> I'm a little bit embarrassed to say this, but it's probably over a hundred. Oh, oh well, that's that's. that's <laughs> Sam's just looking for vindication because he said he on the podcast he has like was it two hundred? He said something like that, or is I think he I think he has the the record as far as most uh, cameras that's been on the show. So uh, yeah, the thing is, like, I haven't done an inventory of it um, since I moved to Toronto. Um, but I think it's probably a, around 120 cameras between the two of us. Um, although, to be fair, I have less um, cameras than my husband because he also shoots film too. So um, it's probably around 100. Um, there's a few doubles there. Um, just because one time if I ended up buying a camera when I was still single and then I rave about it and then my husband got jealous and then he bought one for himself. So we have a few of those. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, it's bad. Um, I guess some people will be like jealous about it because they don't have to like hide any eBay packages that are coming in, right? I wouldn't know anything they'll, about that. Oh. Yeah, they'll be like, oh, you're so lucky. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And also, like, because he shoots film, too, like, um, I have actually haven't developed my own film in a while because he's been doing it for me. <laughs> so, oh, very nice. <laughs> so, and I have my, and he also scans them for me, which is great. So all wow. I have to do is post things. <laughs> um, <laughs> favorites, I do have a few. Um, I think for medium format, hands down, it would be my Rolay Flex 2.8e. Um, I actually got oh, it. Yes, a Rolly. I actually got it from my husband um, when we got married. So that's the gift that he gave to me. Wow. Um, and we just recently CLA'd it. So we had 
everything um we had the leather clean um there were a couple of broken parts with the camera with the and the, the dial side of things so that got replaced and then we also changed the the ground glass for that one like the viewfinder waist level finder rather so that's perfect now and it should last I don't know forever I guess um, for 35 I do have a few so uh, my Nikon FM2N would be one of those um, and the other one would be my um, Konica Hexar AF um, we also have two of that <laughs> um, uh, and I know it's electronic um, but I'm going to use that camera until it breaks because it's so good. It's so easy to use and the lens is very sharp. I mean, it's not called poor man's Leica for nothing, right? So, um, and I brought it to several countries already and it worked really, really great. So. And then you've already got a donor body for uh, when it dies. Yeah, my husband's. <laughs> my husband's. <laughs> Although I, um, I, I presume that's going to involve some negotiation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so too. Uh, and then um, what was the other question? Like if we ended up having to use the same cameras? I think we did. Um, and because I travel with my husband, this is you. Like the usual question is like, what camera are you bringing? Because I don't want it to be the same camera that I want to bring. So um, that happened a couple of times. And then because we kind of catch each other. I mean, for me, I don't really care if it's the same camera, like whatever. Um, but he's a little, my husband is a little bit more particular about that. So if he finds out what camera I'm using and it's the same thing that he wants to bring, he just like, just change it. So... Um, so there's there hasn't been a time where we brought the same unit um, because we were able to like catch ourselves uh, when we we're planning. So, but it has happened, I guess. But we just nip it in the bud. <laughs> and I thought my vacation plans were were complicated, trying to figure out what cameras and film I just want to bring for myself. But trying to coordinate between two, wow, that could be. <laughs> it's bad. Like uh, imagine like a couple, and then. Um, I, I should actually shoot more film than my husband now because um, he just doesn't like bringing a lot of stuff with him. But usually what ends up happening is that we have usually at least three, two or three cameras per person. So that's like a couple traveling overseas and there's like maybe six or seven cameras <laughs> between the two of us and then like more than a dozen films. So that was kind of, that's fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> My last trip, I took 10 cameras, but I was driving. So oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> and I shot every single one of them. Every single one of them got shot. Oh, so Okay, fair enough. Yeah, fair so enough. see, it works. And so I'm going to keep just adding more cameras each each Florida trip until I get to the point where I don't shoot one. So next year, sure. I'll be left. And, uh, <laughs> just bringing a whole shelf with you. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but, uh, okay, uh, what do we got next? All right. Next, we have Matt Murray from Matt Loves Cameras podcast, and he's asking, what's your Konica AA35 like to use? One of the things I love about my Pen F is the vertical viewfinder. What's it like to shoot half-frame camera with the horizontal viewfinder? I actually don't get how half frame works to be quite honest um because i don't really shoot it a lot so i tend to like not remember 
like am I shooting horizontal am I shooting it portrait so I usually end up and because there's like wait because it's half frame right so it usually takes forever for me to finish it so by the time I figure it out I probably may have shot some images that I intended to be landscape and then they turn out to be portrait <laughs> Um, so I'm really, really bad at that. But um, ergonomics-wise, I think the A35 is actually really good. Um, we do have a few um, half-frame cameras here, but just because I'm a because I live such like a very busy busy life, I actually prefer um, compacts. So for me, that I only had to like point and shoot at things I want to take pictures of. That's something that I um, find. Um, really easy um compared to we have a canon demi here i think and also we have that olympus pen d that are also that they're both half frame and um just just like way many too many things that i need to like you know set on that one i'm like i don't have time for that so um <laughs> just for like the ease of use of it i actually like the a35 um and it's actually not my camera it's my husband so <laughs> <laughs> I just only get to borrow it from. Do you do you tend to shoot more uh, like smaller compact automatic type things, or do you? I mean, what, what what's your? I mean, is that, is that what you primarily enjoy? Um, if I'm if I just want to go out and just like shoot something, yes, like I'll uh -huh. just bring like um, I would bring the cheap shot challenge first. Um, cheap shots challenge from Sunny Sixteen. I actually use like an electronic Pentax. Um, nice. SPO for that, like the SPO SW120, it's one of like the best compacts that I've used so far. It's a zoom camera, and that one I actually like using. Um, but if I'm if I wanted to, like, say, shoot a project, or like if I just wanted to use an SLR, I'll use an SLR. If I want to shoot a medium format, then I'll just shoot a medium format. It really depends on what kind of output that I want to get. Sure, sure, and a, a Pentax is a working man's camera, so that's a, it's a, all. Good <laughs> story, so, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, all right, uh, what's next? So next up, we've got from Miss Sherry Christensen, of course, host of the Embrace the Grain podcast and leader of the Frugal Film, uh, right? Frugal Film Project. Project. Yep. Uh, Canadian. Yes. Canadian as well. Uh, who asks, who are you using to print your albums and calendars? Ooh, okay. Um, I recently printed calendars for my mom just because she doesn't like using her phone with, take, you know, like marking dates and stuff. So that one I ended up just using Vistaprint, like just have like something small that I can send to my mom and that was it. Um, for my zine, I actually use um, Blurb for my first two issues um i find that the prints are actually really great um the main downside of that was actually the shipping price mm -hmm. it could get a little bit expensive with blurb um with some travel photos that i print because i always print um, a travel album um when we fly overseas and then when we come back kind of like sort the photos um i've been using my published no it's not my publisher now because they folded um it's the sister company shutterfly uh, mm -hmm. That's what I've been using. Um, I used to use the sister company, my publisher, but they just got absorbed by the main company a few years ago. Um, so I've been using them. I usually just wait for like 
free extra free pages coupon type of thing and that's when I start making um, my albums and stuff for zine if I ended up making another one I might try using Mixem yeah because um, I heard good things about it and also like the price um, is actually the price point is actually really good so mm-hmm. um, I'm looking forward to check out their services you know, uh, Tony Skokovic, uh, also a fellow Canadian, was well, a very ca- uh, Canadian-centered yes. uh, podcast tonight, but uh, he sent me a calendar of his work, and we haven't had a calendar on our wall in probably several years, and we have his calendar in our kitchen now, and I've actually really enjoyed like writing appointments and things in this calendar that I used to, I've never really done that on my phone much. I know you can. <laughs> I just don't, I don't, I don't, I just don't use my phone for that, and it's been kind of nice having a physical calendar. Not only t- Tony's work is amazing, to see every mm-hmm. every every month but but just having this physical calendar to write little things in and stuff and uh I, I, we haven't had one in several years and i kind of missed it and I'm, I'm kind of thoroughly enjoying uh uh tony's uh, calendar on our our kitchen wall and uh kind of having a little little analog scheduling uh thing mm-hmm. there so <laughs> i actually yeah. have uh, when i send the calendar to my mom i actually it's a wall calendar that i um that i sent to her I ended up making one for myself and that's like just a desk calendar so i had a couple of like travel photos for the past like maybe four or five years and kind of made like a 12-month calendar and I have it in my office and then as soon as I had that um Ace Lynn actually sent a package uh, when she went here in Canada and then she also sent me a calendar so I actually have two desk calendars in my office <laughs> uh, unfortunately I can't use them right now because I'm working from home but right um it's just nice to have like those because because of the nature of my work, I tend to kind of like mix technology and then like paper stuff um, just because that's just how I work in terms of like the workflow that I prefer. But yeah, I do agree. Like sometimes it's just nice to have like something physical there and then like just grab it and then go. Right. Right. I, one thing I I, I we used to always get um, uh, my father-in-law calendars uh, for Christmas of like of shots of the uh, of, of the grand the, his grandkids our, our sons and stuff and uh, we'd make like a year calendar of just photos of them mm-hmm. and um, it's one of the things we used to do for one of the one of the Christmas presents we would always give him because he always was so big about writing his you know he, he was an older guy so he always had a million doctor's appointments so he'd always write his doctor's points in there and and so when I put Tony's catalog on the wall and I started writing my knee doctor appointments I was like, <laughs> I've never felt so old in all my life but um, I'm still thorough I'm still thir- really enjoying it so <laughs> so yeah but um uh it is what it is you know everybody gets older right so <laughs> but uh all right uh what do we got next uh we have stanley phillips next and he asks what's your favorite subject oh okay um i've been grab i've graduated towards portraits for like such a long time um but I don't know where you, where are you gonna categorize travel? Is it like travel photography? I guess is what I'm into at the moment. So when I started traveling overseas in 2013, um, I just got hooked into it. And I'm like, oh, this is an expensive hobby, and you already have another expensive hobby. Great. Um, it's just <laughs> you know, put them together. So um, whenever I've been flying. Um, 
Uh, I've been flying overseas. Like uh, I just like take a lot of like photos, so it has some kind of like um, a fresh eye into things, looking at things. Like so, a little bit different from what you see when you look at like websites about like travel and tourism and all that. And then kind of like the cultural cultural side of it, because I tend to like research um, the countries that I um, that we would. Um, normally visit so it's a little, uh, it kind of has an if, um, effect on how I compose and look at the photographs that I wanted to take as well so I guess portraits and travel tourism photography I'm not entirely sure how you like to call yeah, it yeah but, travel yeah. photography that makes sense yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah awesome and uh so uh, what's next anyone all right my mic my mic was <laughs> muted <laughs> uh from uh, written Ray Ray yeah, uh, from something Madrid <laughs> as uh, portrait or landscape. Oh, um, I think it's landscape. Um, if the f- subject calls for it, I'll compose on portrait, mostly landscape. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, um. I think it's one. Maybe that's the one advantage to like. Uh, I'm not a huge uh, fan of the square format, uh, other than the Hoga and some of my box cameras. It's not something that I like. Most of my <laughs> other medium format cameras are, are, are some sort of rectangle, six four five or six seven or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, which I tend to prefer over the six by six. But that is an advantage. The six by six, you don't have to make that. You don't have to make that uh, that decision, right? So you're you're mm-hmm. the, the, one less one less the, Yeah, although the feel of the six by six is a little bit different too, right? It don't. It's it's almost like you're taking a six by six because the portrait and the landscape doesn't necessarily apply to how you let you're seeing that particular um subject which is why like if i if i'm looking at if i'm visualizing a project or something to that effect and if i'm seeing it in square then i would most likely grab like a six by six camera so mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. otherwise like if it's um if it's something that i'm like oh, i don't care if it's portrait or landscape or if I'm, i want to take more landscape photos then most likely i'll bring an slr with me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. andre roxana where are you at with six by six i know andre you do a lot with your with your rollie but uh <laughs> where, where, where are you all with with that, that format I love it. I love six by six. I love mm-hmm. my roll of, and you know how I love my Hasselblad. Like both of them are six by six. Hasselblad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Same with me, you know, I've shot my Roly for years and years, and my appreciation for it has only grown since, uh, you know, adding on to it the the prism, the option of the prism finder and those close up lenses. It's just a, a format that. You know, whatever it is that I'm doing, you know, I can I can find a composition that that works. And if I ever do feel like I want something a little bit more rectangular, it's a big enough negative that I can kind of, you know, step back the same way that I'm, I'm trying to do with 35 millimeter um, to give myself room to crop down to a composition that I like. So having kind of tried to do that with um, 35 knowing that I'm eventually going to be printing to 8x10, I'm starting to apply the same thing with 6x6 where, you know, I may do a couple of not really bracketed exposures because I'm not changing the exposure, but shoot one that's, you know, nice, well composed as a square and then just take like two, three, four steps back 
you know, with the intention of going ahead and chopping off the the tops and bottoms to give me a a rectangular frame. So it it it's something that I feel gives me a lot of you know flexibility. Mm-hmm. I don't really notice the the loss of of image area. It's it's mm-hmm. definitely for most of the cameras within that format, it's a lot lighter than six by seven or six by nine. So I, yeah. I tend to see a lot. Well, it's it, I, when I shoot uh, square, which uh, for me, I guess basically it's mostly for me. Square would just be like my Hoga and my box cameras. But uh, when I do shoot it, it's not impossible. I mean, I don't find it that difficult. But I do have to think about, you know, it's the the, the rule of thirds, you know. And 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 granted, it's a rule, and rules are meant to be broken. But it's a rule. It's a rule because it usually does work. I mean, it it is it, mm-hmm. it's it's a cliche because it works. But uh, I have a little harder time, kind of remembering to shoot rule of thirds uh, a little bit and with some compositions <laughs> in a square format I, I tend to be uh, more guilty of like placing things dead in the center of it for some reason because of the square but uh i sometimes i have to think about it's like wait a minute mike this would look better if you get this just use that rule of thirds man it's a rule for a reason so but uh but yeah it doesn't it doesn't come as naturally to me as a as a rectangle format for some reason but yeah anyone else No, I guess I guess we don't. I think uh, <laughs> we're good. Yeah, like, I talked. I don't know, <laughs> but I do have another question. Yes. <laughs> All right, and this comes from our other fellow podcaster Neil Piper, and he says, Neil "Camera, good old Neil Camera." Is it Neil Camera? Neil, Neil Piper. <laughs> I keep yeah. saying that because I had a, I had a face cast. Uh, I guess I guess it was the weekend face cast uh, last. Saturday morning or whatever, and I was talking about Neil Camera's uh, Neil. Ca- I said it again, Neil Piper's Project Box Camera, and I called him Neil Camera and didn't notice it till <laughs> I went back and published it. So now, uh, and then Sam Warner changed his contact information for Neil Piper and <laughs> his phone to Neil Camera. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Neil Piper came back and changed Sam Warner's contact information to Santa. <laughs> <which> <laughs> hilarious but that is so funny so funny (laughs) well oh my god from the soot and whitewash podcast so there you go neil camera he says hey angela i would like to know what the last photography related gift you gave to someone was and why did you choose it for them um, i think my last one was my secret santa uh, last December, so I was paired up with an amazing large format photographer named Alina Yakubova. I think she's based in Pennsylvania, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and she wanted some large format, like I think four by five films. And I'm like, I have no idea about large format because I've never shot it before. So I just went to um, one of the local um, camera photography shops here in Toronto. You may have heard it from um, the CCR guys so downtown camera is like one of our main big stores here um, located in downtown Toronto so I bought I got her a box of Portra was it 160 um, four by five Um, and then I got yes that's not cheap film It was, I have no idea about pricing. I'm like, it's Christmas. Let's just give away stuff. So um, so I got her a box of that. Um, I got her some chocolates as well. And then I ended up buying a few things. Um, 
from my last trip to Tokyo. So I got her um, a, a camera shaped keychain. Um, and then what else did I got? Uh, and then I also got her some Ilford, is it Pan 50? Like the 50 ISO film. I think I got her a couple of that as well. And then I have some camera printed like, stickers as well that I put in the box. And I think that's it. It's mostly from her wish list, um, like the film and stuff. But the extra ones, I'm like, I thought it would be nice to have some um, camera or photography related um, trinkets that I include in the package. So, and I will say, Angela sent uh, sent me a, a very nice care package recently. <laughs> and uh, see, you, folks, you, you can you can you can definitely uh, bribe your way onto the show pretty easily. But uh, <laughs> but, but and uh, but and I didn't tell my wife Angela that I was having you on tonight because mm. I knew if I did, she would be like, oh, "You got to ask her to send us some more of that Dave's tea." Because <laughs> <laughs> she drank all that tea. I, ne- I never drank. I never got a single. Oh really? <laughs> I thought you were just like joking that I'm like he never drank the tea. There's like twenty cents sachets in that box like <laughs> there's no way his wife will drink all 20 of that oh, and then oh, it, my yeah. husband... <laughs> it's gone it's gone yeah so there <laughs> um it's kind of funny because like m um from emulsive cape um was also telling that i just bribed my way to like everything so because <laughs> 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 um when I, I sent him uh, a gift package like a few years back and he's like, yeah, you're bribing me, aren't you? <laughs> I guess well, so, I don't know. <laughs> I, had, I had you on my list to have on the show before you sent me the, the wonderful goodness. So it's just, uh, yeah, <laughs> so, but uh, all right, do we have any questions left? Yeah, we do. We have two more. Okay, awesome. So this one comes from uh, Bill Smith, fellow Toronto native and uh, one of the co-hosts of the Classic Camera Revival, who asks, Angela, I know both you and Kelvin have a lot of cameras. How do you store (laughs) them in your condo, and how much of your refrigerator is devoted to film versus food? (laughs) Bill, I'm proud to say that none of my films are competing with sustenance, Um, (laughs) with the exception of um, a roll of 400 feet um, Kodak um, Double X nice. that my husband got from a friend and we still haven't transferred that into like rolls of film so who knows when I'm gonna start using those because um, I ended up getting a roll of Double X before again from Lady Elf Acelet and I fell in love with that film um, but anyway we actually have two dedicated wine fridge um, in our place um, one of the fridge I actually own so when I moved to Toronto interprovincially I actually brought the wine fridge from one province to another um, here in Ontario so that fridge now contains majority of my pack film and instant film and I'm, I'm a big instant mini shooter um, to my husband's annoyance because <laughs> I love Instax film so that <laughs> small fridge alone just has like instant film and then the bigger fridge that we ended up buying is also a wine fridge that we kind of customize into um kind of like the rest of our film stash so i have i have it organized into 35 color and then 35 um black and white and then 
and then 120 and then it's um, separated by speed as well so it's easier for me to find what kind of film I'm looking for and then my smaller stash of slide film um, are um, they're stashed with um, the instant um, film as well because I don't have a lot of those so Wow, you're very organized. My 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 freezer film freezer looks just like a, a film explosion of, of all sorts of <laughs> mix up. And uh, I it, we we uh, were we went to the grocery. I guess it was a couple weeks ago, and I got to unfortunately go back soon. And uh, I don't know, wear a mask and gloves. I guess, but but the uh, uh, we we bought a lot of stuff that we needed to freeze to kind of get us through these couple weeks or whatever because we didn't want to go to the grocery anymore and we had to. And uh, I was a little worried. I was like, oh man the wife's going to be like all this film we we don't have room to put stuff in our freezers <laughs> i'm like eh, but luckily I, I managed to make everything fit without her complaining about me using too much refrigerator space for film so so it was very good but uh, <laughs> yeah we're because like we we live in our you know when we when we were dating we live in our parents place and i know like that challenge because my mom was so mad about like me like competing with the food for the family so that's why i ended up getting my own wine fridge um and then apparently i actually have more film than my husband so and then when we got married like he kept he keeps seeing all these um kijiji which is like the canadian craigslist all of these postings like selling film and then we just keep like getting more and more and we're like <laughs> there has to be something here so like we ended up like we just need to get another fridge so that it's not you know, to get, we don't accidentally eat anything of these. So. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I, I'm fortunate. I have this refrigerator out in the garage. It's mostly a beer and film fridge. But when when things overflow from the main uh, refrigerator, they they, they kind of make it out here, and I have to like uh, move things mm-hmm. at times. But uh, but I, you know, it's funny. I do have a wine cooler. Uh, that's been yeah. sitting in our storage room forever, and I've been meaning to kind of put it up on like Facebook Marketplace and just sell it because we don't use it. But I thought, hmm, that's got. Now you mentioned yeah. that, I was like, oh, that might be a good little another another film fridge. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I just need it, I just put the <laughs> I put, just put the temperature to max because obviously uh-huh. it's not going to be as strong as like the regular fridge, right? So right. Um, I've never had any film go bad. Um, since I started using a wine fridge. So, I mean, people might prefer to, like, freeze things, but um, at least for me, because I just shoot a lot, like, the turnover of film, at least on my end, not my husband's, like, um, it's very it's very quick, so I'm not too worried about having some films getting really old and get stuck, like, at the back of it, so. Right, right, yeah, I, I need to just stop thinking about that. I've, I've, <laughs> I've, I've stockpiled enough film. Like, the last thing I need is to fill up another another refrigerator, but so <laughs> I need to just, I need to put that wine cooler on Facebook Marketplace before I start thinking about something ridiculous, so. But, um, all right, uh, what else we got? All right, we have one last one from Matt Jones, and he says, yes, how do you control yourselves when it comes to buying camera gear when both husband and wife share the same passion? Who puts the brakes on? <laughs> Ooh, okay. Um, it's bad if, like, both like, both of you have the same hobby because the, the tendency is just, like, you're just urging the other person if the other person wanted to buy something. Um, but I think I'm, I have more self-control in terms of like the stuff that is accumulating in the house. Um, I've been trying to get rid of a few cameras, um, but my husband said like, no, you can't. I bought them for you. I'm like, I haven't been using them. Like I have like maybe 
three range finders and i'm not a big range finder shooter mm-hmm. and i've been meaning to sell them um but he said like no because i bought them and i want you to use them <laughs> so like <laughs> it's really hard to like make concessions with that um since we uh, got married like i saw like the number of cameras that we have like we need to stop so <laughs> um so for me like just physically seeing the cameras some of them are not being used uh, i was i'm more of like do you think we need to sell a few things you don't need four pentax mx in this household <laughs> um but um if he says no, I'm like, okay, whatever. So, like, eventually he'll change his mind and then he'll. Right. Doesn't sound like a doesn't sound like a whole lot of arm twisting goes on there. Like, it's kind of like, uh, yeah, maybe we should sell some things. I don't really want to. Okay, that's good. That's good. That's fine. That's yeah. <laughs> it's like it's a, I always try to like bring it up like once in a while. I'm like, yeah, I have this like this this range finder. You know, I'm not a big range finder shooter, right? Like maybe we'll just sell it to someone who's like gonna love it and use it more than I did. And he's like, no, just leave it there. I'm like, okay, it's just gonna gather dust. Um, I don't know. So, but the thing with him too, like he's um, with my husband because he's also a, like a photographer that like we are. Um, if he finds something like he's gonna tell me but he already bought it so it's just a matter of time (laughs) for the camera or the lens to arrive here in our house i'm like i really don't have a say on that one right because he already (laughs) purchased it so it's just gonna show up i'm like and he'll be happy and i'm like sure i'll (laughs) I'll just give that to you so (laughs) andre you were gonna say something yeah, I was going to say, it makes me feel a little bit better that my girlfriend uh, has, has basically said, I'm not going to get you anything photography related because I don't know what it is exactly that you like and I don't understand it. And I don't want, you know, to get you something and then you feel bad about selling it because it was a gift. I'm like, cool. <laughs> me. <laughs> Smart girl. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, to be fair, it's actually really easy with, again, I mean, there's always pros and cons with that, right? But it's just really nice to have someone that you share the same passion with. I mean, we don't really see eye to eye in terms of like the styles that we, you know, in terms of like how we take photographs, but um, him being more technical with how he approached photography, if I have any questions about lenses um, or things like that, um, he's able to like assist me with that. So that's also like a good thing so i guess i gave him a, a good pass if he wants to buy something so <laughs> oh, very nice all right is it was that the, all the questions that's it all right well uh huge thanks to the negative positive film uh, photography facebook group because uh the guys always ask awesome questions and we really appreciate it, it makes yeah. our job easier yeah <laughs> So let's uh, let's take one final break, and we're going to come back in the last segment and follow up with some more questions to Angela from your uh, beloved host of the show. So uh, we'll take a break and be right back, folks.
folks. We're back uh, for the final segment with Angela Solis, and this is where we like to, the hosts like to kind of dive in a little deeper here, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and start off. Uh, Angela, you were talking about, you know, travel photography is kind of something you're really into, and uh, so you've probably uh, done a whole, lot, a whole lot more traveling than I have, but so far <laughs> out of your travel photography, what's been your favorite place? What's been the place that inspired you the most out of, uh, out of what you've, uh, in your travels so far? Um, I think it should be the first, um, well, not the first international country, but I guess first in the way that I first traveled alone, and it has to be Japan. Uh, mm. I went there in 2013. I was there for, I think, two weeks, and oh, wow. it was just absolutely amazing. And I'm like, I knew I needed to come back, um, and which I did. Uh, I just went back to Tokyo last October with my husband. We did get we did catch that really scary typhoon thing that took place. It was like a category five something. Oh, wow. It was on our, on our first day. So I pretty much just slept through my jet lag, which is kind of fun. Um, <laughs> and the Airbnb was kind of like shaking <laughs> the whole day, which is amazing. <laughs> Part of it, <laughs> you, know, you know, it's an adventure. Um, but that was the one of my favorite countries. And um, I did study... Um, Asian studies um, as part of my um, post-secondary education. So um, I'm very, like, I guess, I don't know, attached to the history, I guess, and the culture and all that. Um, so, and I knew, like, every time I go there, there's always, like, something to unpack, which is um, great. And I'm also happy that my husband really enjoyed his time there um, with me when we went there. So we're hoping... Um, I guess when all the craziness is done, that will be we'll have another opportunity to visit. Um, another country that I really enjoyed going to is um, Austria, mm-hmm. um, um, as well as um, Taiwan. So those are my other two um, two places. With Austria, it's just so like peaceful and classic. Um, and then um, like in the city, and then when you go further, um, closer to the Alps, it was just so magical there. Um, the weather was kind of like um, interesting, like being really close to the mountains, but the view was just like really outstanding. Uh, with Taipei, it was just like all, it's very, I don't know, urban in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so fast paced. Um, but there's just something in, I don't know, like there's just a certain charm with, uh, with especially with the capital city, Taipei. Um, and not to mention like the food is just really great there too. So um, those are those are my top three um, awesome. so far. Yeah, my 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 wife uh, my wife and I are both uh, huge Walking Dead fans, and but her particularly, <laughs> she's a big fan of uh, Norman Reedus. A uh, big surprise, a uh, Daryl on uh, Walking <laughs> Dead, and uh, so but he has this motorcycle show that comes on after Walking Dead called Ride or whatever, and I'm kind of forced to watch it because uh, well she's obsessed with Norman Reedus, so and it's his show. So uh, but he, they did a show uh, basically they ride around on motorcycles uh, in different areas, different cities, but they go to Japan in this one episode. Mm-hmm. So uh, and I was like the first. And I've heard a lot of people talk about just shooting photography in Japan being really cool. And and but believe it or not, this strange the little Norman Reedus ride motorcycle show <laughs> showed a, a lot of Japan that I was like, wow, that would be an amazing photo trip. Because I think my general thought of Japan, I always just think of Tokyo and like bustling sort of mm-hmm. industry and all that stuff. But like they kind of you know went out. I mean, and just not far from like bustling Japan was like a ton of like 
very very beautiful landscape that was just mm-hmm. I, I don't i don't it doesn't necessarily come to mind when i think of japan uh, you know just from my maybe stereotypical thought of what japan is so yeah mm-hmm. it was uh, kind of interesting but uh but yeah so wait and uh, norman reedus is a photographer so my wife has been dying yes. for me to ask him to come on the show at some point i'm pretty, pretty sure that'll never happen but uh, <laughs> we'll be able to pull some strings who knows right. so if anybody out there knows norman reedus uh do, do, do this guy solid and uh so i can make my wife happy and uh, so we can get him on the show so there you go you have like four thousand members. That's how there there should be at least one or two people who might have some like you know special connections or something. Well, I keep waiting for Andre to like you know start hanging out with like the Jet Set uh, Hollywood mo- moguls in Los Angeles and make it happen. But that hasn't happened yet. The only people I hang out with in Los Angeles are my co and my girlfriend. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's move on to Andre. What, what, what question do you have? So one question that I have, uh, and it, it was spurred on by the fact that you've, you've brought it up multiple times within uh, this podcast in, in little ways. But, you know, for us folk that, that don't particularly happen to engage much on Twitter, what is the, the, the film photography Twitter community like? Because I know that M talks quite a bit about it, mm-hmm. but I only have the experience of our little, you know, corner of the community from the Negative Positives Facebook group? Um, hmm. It's actually, I think, the Twitter community is a little bit of a mixed bag. Um, if you do have the the core group, I guess, if you want to put it that way. Um, the ones who have been um, tweeting about film photography way back where um, before, like, Instagram or and all, like, the bigger, um, I guess, Facebook groups. Um, came out um and a lot of thing a lot of them were previously Flickr <laughs> users um but i find with um and i know like there are some people who don't like the format of um twitter which is fair enough um, um but i find that it's just very easy to like respond and talk to people and I, and again i'm i do understand that it might not come out as the same as to like other users um but i find that it's so easy to like message people and then when you have questions they're just so quick to like um answer back or if they don't have the answer they're just very quick to like repost and say hey this person has some questions are you guys able to like help out and all that um which i think is um really great and it's just so easy to like come in and go in a way um like for myself like i I am very busy like I don't like I found that um, lately I don't really have as much time in front of the computer but I do have my phone so it's just easy to like talk to people and get to see what they're working on like posting a few pictures here and there what they're up to Um, so that's that Um, you get the occasional feud (laughs) to be quite honest Um, and then but um i guess for the most part usually it's just very civil um there when i say like there's a little bit of a feud here and there it's more of like when someone speaks um ill about someone's technique or style which is uncalled for um a lot of people are very quick to like step up and um kind of like defend yeah defend the right word i'm not entirely sure yeah Um, yeah so so that's that um and they're very quick to like explain um things and such i usually just you know stay on the sidelines and then watch those things unfold because sometimes they're kind (laughs) of 
<laughs> like this is uh, you know way over my pay grade so <laughs> <laughs> so I just like watched them do it so I remember talking to I was talking to him once early on one of the after one of the first times we had him on the on the podcast and I was asking him uh, kind of behind the scenes it's like em how do I how can I grow this podcast I feel like uh, at that at that time our numbers had kind of stagnated or whatever and and he was like oh well you need to get on Twitter and I was like nope nope not gonna do it I, 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 I just had I, 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 something about Twitter it's not that I don't like it I just I don't have the time for it I haven't barely keep up with our Facebook group and and hell I'm just now trying I'm just still trying to learn how to use Instagram stories properly so like just trying to learn another social media platform like i just yeah it's uh but i can see you know uh, some people prefer it so um uh and you say there's not a whole lot of venom there i guess so i guess that that's that's maybe helpful no, i guess for the most part it, they're actually very like it's just a very um i think for me at least uh, a very safe space to kind of like share um my work um, okay. as well or just share news or anything like that so Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, Roxana, what do you have for uh, Angela? All right. You have, uh, I notice on your feed that you do both black and white and color. Yes. So favorite black and white and favorite color. Oh, what's my favorite? The thing is like, even if you say I shoot both, like I actually shoot more color <laughs> than black and white. Um, Same. Yeah, so uh, I would go with um, Kodak Tri-X. Um, All right. I mean, I've used the HP5 before and I use it. Like, I mean, I use it if I need it. I'm looking for a certain, if I am looking for a certain look um, to some of my work. Um, but um, there's just something about like um, Tri-X that I do like. And this will probably change depending if I'm if I start working on a different project again. Um, but currently, it's um, Tri-X for black and white. For color, um, my favorite color films are actually expired. Like I know I shoot Ektar and Portra, um, and those are my favorite ones for um, and as well as uh, Lomo eight hundred. Um, those are my favorite ones for currently that's available um, as fresh. Um, but um, two of my actual favorite color films are expired film, and one of them is Ferrania Solaris um, in all speeds, 100, 200, and 400. Um, and I think at some point it was called the 3M. I'm yes, not exactly it was. sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So um, I've used them for certain types of... Um, like say if I'm looking for some flora shot and I'm looking for a certain type of color and the last batch of Ferrania Solaris that I have with me um, actually results into this kind of like warmish tone almost cross process but not really mm. um, feel into it so I really like that and then the other one and this is probably not very familiar to a lot of people um but it's uh, a fuji film it's called fuji um pro plus 100 uh it's been expired um uh, discontinued a long time ago but um it's a very nice saturated 
100 ISO film. Um, I discovered it in maybe around 2008 when I went to visit family in the Philippines. So I bought like maybe 10 rolls of it. And when I got, and I started shooting it there because I'm like, I'm, I just shot with abandon with like film during that time and when I got the results I was like mind blown I guess the closest one that you would probably get now would be um what's the what's the 100 I think the Kodak Pro Image 100 oh yeah mm-hmm. but it's nothing that's probably like the closest but it's still like nothing compared to that because you have like very fine grain very sharp um, saturated colors um, it's a little bit on the warmer yellowish side but mm-hmm. it's so beautiful um, especially if you're shooting in bright day um, it's so I'm so sad when it got discontinued like I was I'm, I'm always like we have maybe around five rolls left that we're I'm like trying to save it unless I'm I really I'm shooting on like a very special location so that's mm-hmm. like yeah, unfortunately, I don't have it anymore. Uh, you know what I absolutely love is that you named off so many films. You're a girl after my own heart. <laughs> I was thinking, I was thinking that very same thing while she was talking. I was like, Roxana's got to be loving this. So yeah, <laughs> uh, that you mentioned uh, the the, the Ferrania film uh, yes. that used to be branded 3M. I used to buy when I was uh, you know first starting to date my my wife. Um, in the early 90s uh of course i was a poor college student and i used to buy a lot of that 3m scotch it was like 3m scotch film because it was like a dollar or two cheaper than kodak so and uh so i I, I shot a lot of it and then like in the mid 2000s like 2005 2006 when like a lot of the one-hour photo places in your grocery stores and drugstores were closing a lot of the store brand films at the time were made by ferrania and they Mm -hmm. would be closing out they'd be closing out film left and right and i was buying all this like store brand, like we have a grocery store chain called Kroger. And I got to, I used to shoot a ton of this Kroger film. And then on the box, it said, it said like made in, in Italy, finished in USA or something like that. So I knew it was like Ferrania film and I shot a ton of it. Cause man, it would be like a four pack for like two bucks, you know, cause they were just closing yes. it out. And man, I shot a ton of it. And I do remember liking it. I had to, I wanted to just need to go back to my old photos on some old hard drive somewhere and, and see if I can find some shots with taking on that film. Cause I do remember uh, digging it. And then I remember like we have a store chain called Dollar Tree where everything's a dollar, you know, everything yes. in the store. We have that here too. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, at one point, uh, like towards that same time frame, they would have Ferrania Solaris uh, film for a dollar a row, and I, I I hardly ever bought it because I was just such a Kodak guy at the time. Oh, I was like, no. I gotta buy, so I gotta good. buy, I gotta buy Kodak. I ain't buying this cheap, this cheap uh, no name stuff. I ain't buying that. And now I wish, man, I, I wish I would have bought every damn row they had and just stockpiled because it. <laughs> it was a dollar a row, you know. And like yeah. I was just, uh, yeah, yeah, I was just, yeah, it's so good. Stop, you know, but. <laughs> There's a lot of like um, Japanese film photographers, both on Instagram and also on mammography homes, where they make absolute magic with that film. And um, when I went to Tokyo, there was one camera store that we went to and they sell a stockpile um of those as well. Like they sell a lot of like, expired film and I'm like, I'm not surprised if they try to like outsource you know source them and find them and sell them in your stores because those are actually really really great and mm-hmm. they, they take really like they have like really good results out of those so awesome well uh i'll go on with the next question here for me um 
the uh, you, you know, you're obviously, uh, especially when you do travels, I guess probably even uh, in your just normal life, you, you probably go out and shoot with your husband quite a bit. And you'd mentioned mm-hmm. earlier in the podcast, you guys kind of have a, a, a similar style. Uh, like when you're out at a location and you're both shooting uh, together, do you find that you're like, uh, well, we just took the same exact shot or like, oh, your shot's better than mine or my shot's better than yours. What, what's what's it like out shooting uh, together at kind of the same location if you both kind of share sort of a, a similar style in your photography? It's funny that you mentioned that because um, the last time we shot together was during our trip last October. And um, I'm actually, whenever we travel, I, I'm usually the person who kind of like wanders around and then suddenly I get lost. And that's not really a good thing because I'm really bad at like directions and stuff. Um, but my husband did mention to me like whenever I'm like stepping away for a bit and take pictures that he's been following me and he's taking the same pictures. And I'm like, why are you following me? Like, just go, go somewhere. Like, <laughs> stop following me and he's like no it's okay i'll take the same picture so i don't really think too much about it i'm not sure about his i don't know i don't know what his train of thought on that one um but whenever we have our photos scanned um, and then when i start making the albums together i don't really actually notice that there's any um similarities um, my husband is actually more of a technical photographer and he's a little bit more abstract and how he sees things around him mm-hmm. um, whereas for me i'm kind of more when i travel i kind of ex- exercise more of like a snapshot thing because i'm like i know like i want to take pictures but i'm also on vacation so i sure. kind of want to relax a bit um, but he tends to get more of like the artsy photos um so i don't really see a lot of like similarities um to that and if we ended up taking the same types of photographs i'm not entirely um bothered about it um and chances are he's actually shooting black and white and i'm shooting colors so there's a little (laughs) bit of a difference to it as well there you go yeah that that way you don't have to bother you don't have to bother carrying two cameras one black and white one Mm -hmm. color you let let him handle the black and white so there (laughs) yeah and he shots like you know the leica so (laughs) I like her. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, uh, uh, right, um, Andre, do you have anything else? I mean, I, I think it need to be said. <laughs> but uh, in, in terms of, of the watch stuff, what's your husband's favorite watch? Oh, I think he's more of a Seiko guy right now. Um, I don't know what his favorite, to be quite honest, because like, he has way too many, and I'm not very familiar with watches like i do have a couple of watches myself um but um when you went to tokyo i actually scheduled a day for him to go to the seiko museum and he he was just in his little bubble for like two hours or something (laughs) i was sitting on like one of the allotted wife benches i guess and i was (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we. That reminds me. In in the malls here, back in the seventies, there would be uh, smoking sections in the walls in the in the in the shopping malls, which always cracks me up thinking back now. And it would always be all the men sitting there in the little smoking section, smoking cigarettes while their wives <laughs> were all the, in all the stores. And I always thought that was such a strange thing. Like, why did you come here to just sit there and smoke cigarettes? But, <laughs> but so odd. What a what a weird time. But uh, but. The uh, I knew Andre was going to mention that we in the break we were talking about uh, and Angela was mentioning her husband's a, a watch nerd so I knew Andre couldn't couldn't wait to get that out there but we all know the Apple Watch is the hottest trend in watches is taking over. <laughs> oh, get out of here, Mike. 
I do I do think that a, a trip to Japan uh, for me sometime in the future would not be complete without both a visit to the the Nikon Museum and the Seiko Museum. Oh, the Nikon Museum is actually really great. We we've been there as well, and we it was like yeah we went there together, but because like we love like. photography right so we're kind of like in our own little happy place um looking around like all like they have all of the cameras that they have released since they opened and then they also have um they also have a display where they have several prototypes of was it the nike i think was the the nikon f so there's several types of pro um several prototype models there uh where I guess there's like slight variation to the design and stuff. So they have everything in this glass case, and then they have all of the types of lenses that Nikon has. It's it's an amazing place to visit. I do recommend that you go. <laughs> Very cool. All right, Roxana, do you have anything else for Angela? I have one more because I noticed all of the places. I was also noticing all the places that you've traveled to. <laughs> and I always, I mean, for me, I always talk um, with Brian about how the different places that we go and visit have, it just has like different light or a different mm-hmm. vibe and pictures kind of turn out a little bit different. What is your, the most photogenic place that you've been to where just like you know how the pictures just come out and it's just like oh my gosh this place is amazingly photogenic have you had that experience yes um when we went for our honeymoon in havana the light there Uh is just like like where is this sun coming from (laughs) Um, all of the photos that i took there were like i don't know it was just magic like I mean, I was shooting man. I think I was shooting manual with my, with my Hexar. But everything came out really great. Like the lighting was just spot on. Uh, I don't think I don't think we did any tweaks when we were scanning, at all. That's just how good the light was. Um, and I wasn't expecting it. <laughs> um, oh my gosh, it's the one place I would yes. love to go. I'm so jealous. That's yes. amazing. So we actually. We with for our, for that vacation specifically, we actually um, book like a a one week um, all inclusive hotel beach thing, and mm. but um, for a couple we left our stuff at, at the resort, and then we ended up busing to Havana <laughs> for a couple of days, and then we stayed at the casa, um, and then we just pretty much like roamed the whole city and. Um, that was the subject of my first zine um, because when we were walking along the area, I was just in awe because it almost felt like I was I was seeing um, my birth country because like the Philippines was also colonized by Spain, so there's a lot of like Spanish like architecture, um, a lot of like churches and things like that. So it kind of felt like I was like time traveling in a way. Um, so, so and then it's always like thinking, oh, this kind of reminds me of this stuff when I was a kid. So there's a lot of like comparisons as well. So you're, I'm, I was discovering something, and at the same time, trying to like somewhere like the, my memory vault, like trying to kind of like relate it to something that I saw in my childhood. So that was kind of interesting as well. Mm, awesome. That sounds magical. Yes, if you can, please go. <laughs> 
Oh, I would. I know, and it's so sad to even just think right now. It's like, no, it's my backyard is where I wish. I love my backyard, but you know, it's like that's it's about not, as far as I can go. It's not. A, it's not quite. It's not quite Havana, right? But uh, oh my god! <laughs> and what, I'm I'm Cuban, so I have actual family there, but I've never oh. been. Um, long. I mean, distant family. I've never met them before. But mm. my grandfather is Cuban, and I have all his side of the family is there. So I've just always have wanted to go. So you, you were talking about Havana, and I have like chills, like bumps up and down my arms and so like oh <laughs> i really do think like the light there is just magical like even if you could check out um jonathan ken Lass's, um instagram feed like all of his um cuba photos it's just like i mean jonathan's skills is just like you know way up there but um but just like the lighting and everything it's just it's just great if i have another opportunity to visit other places a lot of people have been recommending vinales um so it's more rural i guess um like if i have an opportunity to go i would love to like go back there and then go visit another um part of the country hmm. very cool all right, I think uh, I have one last little thing because we talked about it during the break. Uh, <laughs> X-Pro, yay or nay? <laughs> Absolute yay. I'll get say, flack from Twitter, say, but it's okay. <laughs> say, say yo to X-Pro, right? Yes, so, uh, hashtag say yo to X-Pro. Sorry, guys, but I love X-Proing, so yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we. I was looking at at your feed, and uh, there's just uh, I, one thing I love about cross processing, um, which just in case someone doesn't know, it's uh, it's usually shooting slide film and processing it in C41 chemicals, uh, negative film chemicals, and uh, I've had some results that are great and some not so great. It's just it's kind of the I guess the price of admission, but uh, I always love it when and some of your photos did this where you get like that really cyan uh, colored sky, and I think when it when when cross processing comes out like that, I just absolutely love it. But yeah, yeah, I made the I made like um, when I went to um, Austria. Um, I didn't tell a lot of people because I know they're going to get mad at me, but I brought a fresh Kodak Ektachrome in a cross-processing. <laughs> <laughs> wow. How did that come out? Because I've got some rolls of that. I may have to try uh, It was great. Um, it actually did work out in my favor because um, I shot it when we went to Salzburg and it was like really close to the Alps and it was snowing the whole mm. time we were there. The, the lighting was just miserable. It was like dark. Um, kind of like here in Ontario it's always like gray um <laughs> but the the cross processing turned out you know really good so I'm happy and I don't know I, I probably got some like flack into it but they probably just didn't tell me up front <laughs> but, um, but yeah I did cross process it it's a fresh roll of film it was fun uh Roxana you do you you uh, dabble in the cross processing some right I sure do. You know it. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't even know why I asked that question. To be honest with you. <laughs> I know. And you know what I've noticed is that like different film has just different mm -hmm. vibes when you cross process. Like one of my favorites to cross process is the, and I can't find it except for like sometimes on eBay and then they want so much money for it, but is the Fuji Sensia. I love that one because it kind of has like a, 
you know, I, it has like these pinks and these purples that mm -hmm. kind of remind me of Loma Chrome, but like, they're just, and some of them are like yellows and golds and oh, I just love it so much. I think it's Sensia. It's the first one, not the second one. Mm. So good. I remember when I was first uh, getting into cross processing. I guess it was probably probably the mid two thousands or somewhere around there when I was uh, really getting into the all the whole Loma and Lo-Fi craze and all that stuff. But uh, <laughs> the uh, I remember reading and I and I feel like I found this to be true. Now I haven't cross processed personally myself a lot of Fuji film, but I've done a lot of Kodaks. But uh, the general consensus was that Kodak cross process tend to lean towards the greens and blues and Fuji would green lean towards like purples and reds. Have you, have mm -hmm. you guys kind of seen that that's sort of the, the general kind of a, I don't know, just a, a stereotype of that. Mm -hmm. Especially, um, I don't know if you guys have heard of another slight Fuji films called Astia. So that one is more of like heavy purple red dish. Um, I had a couple of like rolls of that that I, um, a friend of mine, we did like a, a double. So we, he shot um, the portion of it and then gave the, the other roll to me and then I kind of exposed on top of it. Um, mm -hmm. And it was, it came out as like really red. It's, it's not even cross process looking. It's more of like magenta pinkish, but it's very yeah. intense and saturated and it's hard to find that expired film anymore so um I, I don't think i have one with me but i do have a few sensha that i'm try that i normally like save up so if i want to like cross process something i have like i have an ammunition for it so mm -hmm. andre uh cross processing say yo to xpro or say no to xpro where yet <laughs> even though i haven't done a whole lot of it i really do <laughs> enjoy seeing other people's results uh, especially if you can find some inexpensive slide film, I'm personally not gonna, you know, spend modern market prices on E100 and cross process it. Uh, <laughs> not like it me. <laughs> looks cool. So no. <laughs> yeah. I will say that, that that's one. Of, that's I have a lot of expired uh, slide film in my freezer and and fridge, and I think it's. Uh, you know, if you test a roll of it and the colors are kind of wonky on it, if you're, you know, if you're developing it in E6 or whatever, hey, uh, it's still, you probably get some really good results cross-processing. It's, it's a good uh, use for, like, expired slide films that may not uh, may not have held up all that well over the years. Okay, cross-process that shit. You might get something cool out of it. So, uh, yeah, it's always a good good use for the, the old expired slide films you may run into. Ooh. All right. Well, anybody else have any questions or should we start getting uh, wrapping this one up? Oh, I think I'm good. All right. Okay. Well, Angela, it has been uh, awesome having you on the uh, the podcast, and uh, uh, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Well, oh, thank you so much for having me. It is an honor with the letter U <laughs> to be here. <laughs> uh, that sounds like that's that's, like, that's, some, that's some kind of, that's some kind of French or something right there. I don't understand uh, that. But uh, <laughs> 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 All right, so let's start. Uh, let's start getting our our socials out out here. And um, uh, Angela, how about you tell the fine folks uh, where to check out this photography we've been talking about of yours? Uh, all your social information. Oh, so you can find um, some portfolio work as well as my blog at derpincel.com. That's D E R. P-I-N-S-E-L dot com. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Derpincel. Um, my 
Instagram handle is this is Jella underscore S and my once a year um, YouTube presence at, um, at youtube.com slash camera Jin. That's camera J-I-N. Awesome. And I remember you sent me, uh, I think it was uh, one of your issues of the, your Dirt Pencil series or whatever. Well, what is, what's the uh, Dirt Pencil? What does that mean? I, I think you, I remember you telling me, but now I can't remember. What, what, what's the actual uh, meaning of that, uh, that, that? And why don't you tell people a little bit about that? Because I think um, you have like a little series going on with that, right? Yes. So Dirt Pencil is actually a German word called uh it means the brush uh a friend of mine came up with that when i was trying to you know kind of like finding a good name for my website and she said like well you're you take pictures right so you paint with light so let, why don't you go buy their pencils so i'm like oh that sounds kind of cool it um, is cool so I, yeah so i went with that um so with my first two zines uh i've been kind of like going doing like travel related photos so my first um, issue I did cover um, some photos that I took in Havana in 2016 and then the more recent one was um, uh, photos that I took um, in Taipei in the beginning of 2018 and that one shot um, with a medium format um, the Havana one I took using the Konica Hexar and then the one in Taipei I took using my Rolleiflex. Yeah, the one that you sent me, uh, just the, the, I really liked the uh, the color tones you got out of that. Uh, some of them had, and I really like when color photos do this, uh, some of them had almost that, you know, almost looks like monochrome, but just has that hint of color, and uh, mm -hmm. you, you you kind of pulled that off on a lot of those photos, and I always, I always, I always like when color uh, photographs, you, when you first look at it, you might think it's black and white, but then you kind of look a little deeper, and it's like, oh, no, this is a color photograph, just very muted, but but very, very cool, and you got some really good tones in that, in that, in that zine, so, yeah, definitely, uh, folks, check that, check that out, and uh, you. Uh, you still, you still have copies available if people want to get some uh, I think I still have a few, but I kind of closed my um, big cartel website. But if you need a copy, you can just like send me a message directly, and I'll be able Perfect. to take care of that for you. Awesome, awesome. All right, uh, and uh, shoot, uh, Roxana, where are the <laughs> people, people check you out? <laughs> oh, people can have, have an announcement you want to make. Too, oh, yes, guys. a yeah. quick little announcement. I just um, it was so random. I uh, posted on my Instagram stories that I'm going to do a postcard exchange, even though most people who are doing it are wanting to send postcards to everybody just to send out some good loving out there for everybody feeling a little bit lonely. Um, but yeah, so go on to my story on Instagram, which is at Roxanalog, and uh, that awesome. should be fun. Awesome. And those stories kind of disappear after like a, is it like a day or so. Twenty-four is that right? hours. Yeah. They yeah, so. do, but you know what I'll do is I'll go ahead and just save it, so okay. you can see it on my saved stories. Um, okay. but just, you know what, if you want to participate, just DM me, just send me a message and we'll figure it out. So awesome. All right. Very, very cool. Cool. All right. And Andre, where can people check you out, brother? People can check me out on Instagram at Andre on film. Uh, and, you know, not, not that you'll probably be seeing anything posted there, but, um, <laughs> I, I will be probably more active on the Cinestill Facebook, uh, not Facebook group, Instagram account. Because we are doing those uh, developing live streams uh, where we're going to be doing, you know, a few more sort of tutorial type things, some 
live uh, lab box developing uh, some DF ninety six stuff. Some some cool things that uh, I don't uh, particularly do on my own account. <laughs> and the Cinestill Instagram account is uh, at Cinestill Film. Awesome. All right, you can check my photography out at Gutterman Photo on Instagram, on Facebook at Mike Gutterman Photography. You can join the Facebook group. It is the Negative Positives Film Photography Podcast Facebook group. You can email this program at negpositives at gmail.com. We also have an Instagram account for this show under the account name Negative Positives, mostly ran by a friend of the show, Mr. Bryce Randall. If you submit photos to Instagram, think about using the hashtag Negative Positives, and maybe Bryce will see it and highlight it for us all to check out. And, of course, we have the coffee donation page if you'd like to support this program. And we are still taking donations for Roxana's uh, school program. Uh, uh, technically, uh, we're supposed to be this was supposed to be the last day of donations to uh, give to that, but I will extend it another week or so since this podcast oh. is just coming out. So there you go. <laughs> and, uh, That's you so can, nice. <laughs> and and I'm donate. taking that. I'm taking that club online. We're now on Zoom, so I'm like, I am meeting with those kids. <laughs> cool. That's all. That's great. That's great to hear. Uh, and so yeah, that is uh, www.ko. Uh, dash fi.com slash negative positives if you'd like to support roxana's school project at least for another week or so while we still uh, are taking donations for her school program so all right uh i think that's it uh everybody have a great week and thanks so much to angela solis for joining us tonight uh we uh, hey you know what be safe take care of each other take care of yourself stay healthy uh everybody stay positive and shoot some cool film photos There it is. Thanks, people, uh, for listening, and we will see you soon. Gutter Man Cave Production! <laughs> <laughs>